Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 246, an update episode. Yeah. So I, you saw me, I like I had to look over and make sure. So hopefully this is 246. That's right. It's only been 200 episodes, but you know, I'll eventually get it right. Yeah, you'll you'll figure it out. And like I said, we need to have a maybe we'll put it on a big board, like a whiteboard in the back of the uh studio with the episode number so you can <laughs> See, maybe maybe okay. it did help we you. We have to buy equipment for that. It, it's time to close down. See, it's time to close up shop. It, maybe it did help you when you... Those of you who've been a long-time Pierce Podcast listener, uh, should Orlando go back to uh, where every episode number correlated with something like this, episode 37, no, and I have had 37 dogs in my life. Yeah, but know? we're at 246. That would be like a flight number or something. Yeah. Right? So anyways, all right. Hey, sorry to waste your first 30 seconds, but I'm sure you're all getting adjusted, you know, putting on your headphones or turning on your YouTube, making sure everything is working well. So we just wanted to catch up. It's been a minute. Is that what you do? Do you go through like a, a routine when you like go to listen to a podcast or something? You like, yeah, I got to get because usually when I listen to podcasts, like I'm going to do something mm. right. So I have to have everything right. You know, what if somebody calls? What if, you know, I got to take care of something like because you don't want to be interrupted. Right. So and and it's the same thing with like YouTube, like my biggest issue. And this isn't OK. We're wasting time. You know what? Let's get started. How, 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 are, how are things going with you, Mike? Uh, you know, pretty good. I mean, things are heating up uh, around here, which is a bit of a bummer. Like uh, business or just weather? Just weather, man. The it is hot. Living, living RV life. That is one of the challenges being off the grid is I don't have a constant AC. I can't I have to run a generator for AC. So uh, it makes reselling a little bit more challenging when it's just hot, you know? Are tensions uh, high too? No, tensions are fine. Uh, <laughs> things are good as far as that goes. Um, but <laughs> but it's just, it's hot. And so um, we're really looking forward to getting the shed, but we know, so that's one of our big updates we've got going on right now is the shed comes next week. So I'm super excited. It's like a week from today plus one more day. So I don't have a lot of time left to get the ground leveled, which I'm not looking forward to doing that part, especially because it's going to be hot. Uh, but I'm looking forward to having the shed because right now... Climbing- so we have a lot of new listeners. Do you want to just update them real quick before we talk about that? We just got... We just... I know he's annoyed, but... So we moved over to Podbean and we just hit 100,000 downloads and we haven't been on Podbean that long. Like what, a month? It's been a couple months. A couple months? I mean, I just, again, thankful for all our listeners out there because when I saw that and and... If you guys are wondering, we had to shift over uh, onto onto Podbean just to for the sake to be able to uh, do more sponsorships, to be able sometimes you'll hear ads at the beginning of our podcast and we don't choose the ads. They just run. Right. They kind of let us know, hey, this is the ad that's running. But anyways, I want to thank everybody. And I think we have a lot of new listeners, too. And from probably just two weeks ago, we had we had an upsurge. So I just wanted you to kind of touch base again about what you're talking about. Well, well, thank you for that. Um so yeah, the b- before the old studio that we were in, we've moved to a new studio, uh, was a office room that I was renting out and I had all of my inventory there, which was working great, except for not having all of my inventory where I lived had its pros, but it also had its cons, right? Benefit was it was easy to separate work and life. Uh, and I had a lot of space. Con was you couldn't just be watching TV, you know, realizing, hey, I've got an extra 10 minutes. I should list some items. I should take mm. some pictures. I should, oh, something sold now. I've got to drive all the way here to, to take those pictures. Um, so we bought a shed, but it, we purposely delayed the installation time because we thought we were going to be in that building a little longer. Things came up and we ended up leaving earlier. So 
the bummer is all of our inventory right now is in an old, old, old RV, basically just shoved everywhere. In yeah, I've there. seen it. It's it's intense. Yeah. And so it's really challenging because all of the totes are like stacked on on couches and the bed. And, and it's, it's tough to get into things and to get the stuff that we need. And so I'm excited to have all of our inventory in one place that's easy to access. But it's been a bummer waiting this long because if we would have known that we weren't going to be in the other building as long, we would have ordered the shed sooner or we had the option of having it uh, built sooner, but we pushed it back. So it's 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 here. It's going to be here soon. And then I forget, though, now I've got to rebuild all of my shelves and move everything back down. So it's like you talk about being on like step three, four of your move yeah, and I'll talk about phase, moment, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't think that's normal. Um, I for me, whenever I do moves, it's like over the weekend and then I'm done and then maybe a couple of days of unpacking. Uh, so this, though, having to move my inventory to another location, like a temporary location before my shed is built and then move my inventory again, having to touch my inventory that many times is terrible. My dream is to only touch inventory twice, right? When you buy it and take pictures and then when you sell it, having to move inventory over and over and over again, ugh, it's a bummer, but that's part of doing business. And um, I think it's going to be good. I'm just worried. I'm not sure exactly how much we're going to be able to fit in this shed because there's limitations. You got to get permits and all this stuff. So we went the smallest or the biggest shed you can get without having to get permits. Uh, and then we might do some extra outdoor storage things that we were thinking of that are a little bit uh, cheaper, but another way of storing things that that can be outside. So uh, it is it's been an interesting couple of weeks trying to plan and prep for that and get the ground leveled. And I've still been sourcing those. So I've been going to garage sales. And what I've noticed is garage sales have seemed a little bit um when I go to community sales, because I always like to find yard uh, yard sales that are community or neighborhood yard sales. But unfortunately, right now, I feel like a lot of them are like, hey, here's this community garage sale, the fourth annual or the 12th annual or 32nd annual, like however long they've been doing it. And so I'm like, sweet, I've been to this one before. It's great. But they used to be like organized a lot of times by like a real estate agent or the HOA or something like that. And now it seems like it's just like people in the community saying, hey, let's do that yard sale thing again. And so it's not as organized. There's I've been to many that don't have maps that have had maps in the past. Uh, fewer houses are participating and you could tell it's just like some people on like a Facebook friend group are like, Hey, let's do that a yard sale. And so going to one where normally I'm used to seeing like 30, 40 houses and only seeing five is like, Oh man, this is, this see, is I terrible. think the glory days of those kind of community sales are, are, they're not completely gone, but they're pretty much gone. Cause there was a, when we first started the podcast, so like three years ago, like you would go to these and literally it'd be like, you know, streets paved with garage sales, right? Like every other house would have a garage sale and, and then it'd be crowded and, and you would find all kinds of scores. Like literally within a half hour, you could have, you know, a thousand dollars profit. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's this year and last year specifically because of COVID. I think that is part of the reason why garage sales are, they're not these big organized things. Because one, a lot of people still aren't comfortable. Two, like HOAs aren't aren't officially wanting to do things yet. So even though like some members in the community are like, yeah, let's do a garage sale. The HOA doesn't want to have the responsibility of like organizing it. Uh, so I, I imagine they're going to come back because I think things are going to, as things are reopening, people are eager to do normal life things again. So I'm interested to see what uh, the 2022 season looks like. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at even because the real estate market is going to be tied into garage sales. 
right? And so if a lot of people are moving, like if the moratorium ends on rental spaces, if eventually pe- people have to foreclose because the pricing of uh, the houses, the pricing of houses got too high and they have to move or whatever it is, or they sell their houses and they have to move. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity coming for garage sales. That's just my thoughts. You went dark on that though. Why? I mean, I was thinking like, well, you know, I'm things will. Well, I'm just being real about it. Like, I mean, that's. I mean, that is true. I mean, there will be that aspect of it. Um, but I think a lot of people right now are moving because they're selling their houses because the market's so high, right? Not necessarily yes. like people are foreclosing or, or losing houses, uh, but people who bought a house for a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, five, six, seven years ago, whatever. Now it's selling for eight hundred thousand. They're like, yeah, I'm going to sell this and go move into somewhere small for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely been a lot of downsizing ones. But I don't feel like uh, there's been some that I've gone to that have, people are motivated to sell because it's like we're moving to kind of like what I'm doing to live in an RV because the housing market's so high and we can basically become a millionaire overnight and mm-hmm. we'll just do this temporarily until things settle down. Uh, so those people are motivated to sell. Uh, but I'm not sure if people who are are like kind of forced to move are as motivated to sell uh, and and give good prices, you know. It's possible. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you because there was a time when I used to, I remember before I started full-time reselling, before I even started selling on eBay, I would do rummage sales and I would, I needed money. So I'd grab everything. And I, I think I've shared this before where people were like lowballing me like crazy. And I used to get so upset because I wanted a certain dollar amount for stuff. And that's before I knew about reselling. Mm. Right. So yeah, I, I could see that. So I see what you're saying. I wasn't trying to go dark. I'm just you know, things are going to be happening over the six months and I could be wrong. I mean, we could be great. You know, it's weird. I hear some people say that our economy keeps getting better and I'm just not seeing it. Maybe. I mean, I, I just look at it like, I just go to basic things. Like I know we talked about inflation and how we should all be raising our eBay prices because you know, our stuff isn't, isn't, you know, people are going to pay us $30 for a shirt, but that $30 isn't the same as when we sold that same shirt or style of shirt two years ago for $30, right? You're going to have to charge 35, 40. I've been raising my prices on everything steadily and I'm still getting people buying, right? Because the dollar is going to start losing value. But anyways, I say all that because it's just interesting because I've, I've heard people say that all, what I do know, what I can say for a fact right now is that reselling continues to grow like it has it has not declined it has not slowed down at least for me uh this summer i have not faced a summer slowdown at all uh and i haven't i've been listening again i got back to listing uh kind of cheating though because i haven't been taking pictures or anything my helper's done all of that so i have drafts ready to go and every day i've been listening about it's been not the greatest five to ten but i'm making enough to even sustain living in my new place which is kind of strange uh because i i was kind of concerned as to you know i have multiple streams that i bring income but if ebay can just take care of all my bills like it's gonna be good for the next year so uh we'll see what happens speaking of that you talk about phases okay now i'm not a fan of the phases like i didn't plan phases and so Phase one was just to get out of my place. I had five days to get out of my condo. And here's what's crazy to me. I moved everything into my new place. And I'm just like, how did I fit this all into my condo? Mm. Like, I must have been super strategic. And so the reason it's taking me longer is because now I'm trying to find new places. Since I have more space, I'm trying to find places to put things in that's organized. And I'm trying to keep 
my eBay space separate from my living space. So right now it's still, I mean, cause I've moved stuff. I mean, <laughs> Mike can attest. He's, he walks into my place and there's like a leapfrog, huh? Like he sees like stuff from Toys R Us liquidation. Like there's stuff everywhere just cause I'm trying to figure out how to organize phase two was my storage unit. And, uh, that was far brutal than I thought it'd be. Okay. So let me share a few things here. Number one, when you first start using a storage unit, I strongly advise everyone to stay organized from day one. We've talked about with totes, but I'm talking about the storage unit because here's what happens. After a while, you just start tossing things in the storage unit, right? You're like, ah, oh, this thing right here. You know what? I'm just going to put it over here. This thing, I kind of don't feel like listening. I'm going to put it over here. But when it's time to move out and you don't have everything in totes or you don't have everything on shelves and it, oh, it just, it was it was, it was horrendous. The other thing is I kind of was, I shared this on Instagram. I could have paid movers and I could have been done in like three, four hours and said, I moved everything myself. I think it was like 40 or 50 totes, a bunch of other stuff. It took me about eight hours to get everything out of there and, and into my place. But I could have just hired somebody for two hours and I was all worried about, you know, what do people see my inventory? And then I, then after all this, I started thinking like, what is somebody going to, break into my house and take totes of used shoes and like, like, well, what are they going to do? Right. And so, uh, I strongly advise if, if you are moving from a storage unit, if at all possible, and you feel that you can trust people, just get people to move it. Just pay somebody. Uh, maybe if you're in your twenties, like, you know, you can throw a, a pizza party for your buddies in college. And, you know, you, I mean, those were the good old days where you could pay people with like, like pizza and drinks. Like those, th- those days are done now. Right. I, I got to pay cash, but it was, it was brutal. So now I'm at my new place and I've ordered like organization, uh, equipment, you know, I've ordered uh Z racks. I mean, I'm looking at one right now and, uh, I just haven't put it together. Uh, but I will, t- I will tell you, uh, I'll, I'll have a tour when this is all done about how I organize things, but still, even though things are a mess and they're not a mess, they're just compacted into uh, different spaces. It is so nice not to have a storage unit, Mike. It is so not not only the fact that I'm not paying $368 a month for a 10 by 20, which is crazy. So those of you in other parts of the country are probably going, for long that's crazy. We paid like a hundred or 150 for that. But the time I save, like something sells and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to walk over here, get it out of the tote, pack it, done. Literally five minutes before it would have to be go to the storage unit, open the storage unit, find the item close the storage unit, lock it, get back in the car, drive back. It's probably like 10 to 15 minutes. I probably would go to storage unit twice a day. So let's say I spend 30 to 40 minutes a day, the 30 to 40 minutes gained on top of that, you know, there's a bunch of other variables. Like if I saw somebody there, I would talk to them or like say the gate didn't work or whatever. It's just been really, really nice, but I will strongly encourage everyone get yourself organized because even though things have been like, they're all throughout my property, I can still find stuff like within seconds. It hasn't been tough. So, so yeah. Now, do you have more update? I got another update, which is kind of like into our random stories. Go for it. Okay. I feel like I'm talking a lot. I know that's why I had you start because I, I got a lot to share. <laughs> I love how you like, just get it done. All right. Um, here's the other thing. I've had my helper go through a lot of my totes and just organize them. And I have not sourced in about two weeks. And the reason I haven't sourced 
is because I and I did I share this on the on the last podcast about how I kept finding inventory yeah. in my totes that weren't listed. Yeah, I remember I make fun of you mercilessly for that. Oh yeah, okay. It's <laughs> did you mercilessly? All right. It is crazy. I'm talking about I've probably probably like close to 50 items. And that's on top of the items before the move. So I have another probably another hundred items I have not listed yet. And so I haven't had to, but it's been like sourcing all over again. And the beauty with reselling, if you find quality items, they usually go up in value if scarcity happens. Right. So I've had some things that I'm like, oh, this isn't listed. Oh, that's all good. Cause now it's selling for 25 to $50 more than when I first listed it. And so it's been, it's been really nice, but, uh, Again, stay organized from the beginning. It definitely uh, will help. All right. Some random stories, Mike? Um, I mean, I, I don't have anything huge. I went to some garage sales and I didn't, I wasn't as successful as I was hoping to be. Okay. Um, is one of those days where community garage sales and it's only four or five houses. Then I'm jumping between community yard sale to community yard sale, just trying different ones, hoping one of them would be a hit. And I just... I wasn't finding anything. And you know, you get to that place where you're like, I need something. I just need something. Did you, did you put desperation by something? I didn't, I didn't do that. Luckily. Um, I, I've, I feel like I've started to outgrow that over time. Uh, but I'm starting to feel like, man, today was a waste. And now as gas prices are going up, it hurts a lot more, you know? Mm. So then I ended up going to a couple of places and luckily I was able to pick up. I only ended up leaving, I think with four items. That's it. Four items. Uh, but because the items I picked up are going to sell for a pretty decent amount, I'm still going to end up with like a $300 net profit day. Okay. And to me, that was like, this is actually a win. Like what I you didn't, up? can you share? Yeah, sure. So, um, I picked up, uh, some Logitech, uh, comfort ergodynamic, uh, oh, keyboards yeah, those are good. in box. Right. So they're, they're not new, but they have all the stuff in them inside mm-hmm. the box. One of them was missing the mouse that came with it. Uh, but the, there was two of them. Uh, I was able to negotiate down on that, which was nice. And then uh, another place I picked up a Bose system controller, new in box. Oh, nice. And these things sell for like 250 bucks. Uh, I couldn't talk them down below 60 on it, which is a bummer, but they're selling consistently for like 260, 250. Yeah. So I'm like, there's still going to be, you know, pretty good profit here. And then I picked up some security cameras, which, you know, always do well for me again, brand new in box. Uh, so those were, those were some, some good pickups. But while I was out, I went to one house and we, we talk a lot about telling people we're resellers and that's a, that can be an effective negotiation tactic and it does work a lot of the times. Uh, but I went to one house I'm and waited to hear a butt. Is there a butt? Yeah. So, well, <laughs> I mean, it just, it didn't work this time, but um, okay. I went to one house and they had these really cool, everything was marked just really expensive. They had one table with like handful of things on it. And most of the things like weren't really nice, but all the stickers are like $30, $60. They had everything like wow. stickered and they had these, um, old school from like the eighties legit with a box, um, roller derby skates or yeah, roller or skates. Yeah. So the four wheels, the side by side skates, um, that were like American flag decorated. Like they look super cool. Like you can tell they were old vintage and they were selling for like 50 bucks on eBay. And I'm like, all right, but they had a $40 sticker on it. So I'm like, Oh man, like if I could pick these up for like five or 10 bucks, it'd be worth it. And so, I mean, I'm trying, I tried the negotiation thing. And finally, I'm like, look, I'm a reseller. <clears throat> Honestly, I'm only going to be able to sell these for like 40 to $50. And so, I mean, if you can't work with me on this and the person's like, no, those are mine. I really like them. And I'm like, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, I'm not, I can't let him go for any less than that. Did you say like, are you emotionally, it seems like I, you're emotionally attached. I, I didn't do that one, but, um, but at the end she was like, but thanks for being honest about being a reseller as if like that was like a bad thing. Um, but she, I mean, usually that tactic does work. Um, and I think it was at that garage sale. It might've been like the one right before, right after, but one of them at a community garage sale, the neighbor lady walks across the street in her pajamas. Like, like I'm talking like, you can tell like, like Walmart status, like, like not like sweatpants, but like, <laughs> like, like, like decorative cartoonish looking pajamas. Um, and she like walks across the street barefoot and she's like, Hey, can I borrow one of your racks to use for my yard? And, uh, for when I'm setting up my garage sale and I'm like, you couldn't have put on some clothes before you came out here. But anyways, that was my only like random story. It was like, oh it was kind of awkward, especially cause the way I say pajamas, but it was like kind of skimpily dressed too. You know what I mean? Like it's not something you'd want to be seen in public wearing. Cause it's, it's kind of like, you know, not like nighttime wear, like, like adult nighttime wear, but pretty close. And I'm just like, what is this lady wearing right now? And, uh, and so that was just a very interesting experience while I was out and about. And I'm like, do you just normally come up to your neighbors wearing this? Like, did I tell you the story? Did I share the story of the podcast about when I got a deal on next door for a bunch of baseball stuff uh-uh. and I showed up and it literally was like a, in no offense to any, anybody older than me. I was like a 70 year old guy in his tidy whities Nice. Did I, I think I should have. Did I, I share? Maybe, bro. It was the most awkward. Like, like I'm. I don't like. I understand. I'm a man, and he's a man, and like it's not. But did a, he know you were a man coming over to buy the stuff? <laughs> well, I, I look like. I think I look like a man. I mean, I just throw it out there, but I just. I did. I mean, like I understand. I've been in locker rooms. I played sports, but it's this. This was a little different. Like, this is kind of weird. And and my kid was with me, too. So I'm like, I'm not really understanding. He's like, oh, it's, come on over here. And he like didn't like, hold on just a second. Let me get you know, some pants on. He just like with his underwear, like walked me over to the baseball. And he like he's like, oh, yeah, we used to use this. Like had a conversation as if like everything was all gravy. Like, whew. so you got your pajama story. I got my old guy with the underwear. On. It was yeah. just I, I never threw stuff into the trunk of my car as fast as I did that day. And even to this day, I'm just, can't you still not, have the mental I, it's, image. It's not unseen. It's just oh, not man. unseen. I'm it sorry just, about that burned in because you know, there's imprints. To stuff, so let us right? know in the so, comments below. What's been the most unique person you ran across when you were, uh, when you're reselling, maybe a, maybe a local deal you did or at a garage sale where you're like, wow, this is, this makes me a little uncomfortable right now. I don't even understand why he like, did it not cross it? I guess you reach a certain age, you don't get, you hear people say you don't care anymore. I can't wait to get to the different. age where, uh, where I can just have an excuse for like not doing social things like parties and that kind of stuff where you just kind of like, I want to go home and you can just like fall asleep and everybody like, Oh, that's grandpa. He just falls asleep, but just be pretending and be like, I don't <laughs> want to do this conversation anymore. You know, like I can't wait to be at that age. Or you just fall just, asleep during the conversation. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. Or grandpa. or just go sit in the car, and then my wife will be like, "Oh, you know, Grandpa, he he's he's ready to go home. He's yeah, got to take his nap." And then know. I'll get in the car, and she'll be like, "All right, you saved us." And then we can drive off and go do our, our thing, whatever we're gonna do. I don't know if that's what I'm looking forward to. But oh I'm man, kidding. I can't wait! I can't wait just to, just to not care anymore. And and people people will be like, "Oh, it's because he's old." Okay. All right. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. So for the first time ever, I was able to get a buyer to do a feedback revision. First time ever. 
So what ended up happening is a while back, I picked up, I think we talked about these TV ears. Wasn't it like a bolo or something? So I sold a TV ears wired speaker and I picked up like 10 of them for $65 and at a garage sale. And I've been selling each of them for about 60 to 80 bucks. Never had a problem. And I tested like the first two or three. And then I thought, well, if these work, I'm pretty sure they all work. Right. And so I just, whatever, don't follow in my advice. That's just what I did. And so I sold one and got to the buyer and sure enough, you know, I, I don't even get a message. I get nothing. All I got was negative feedback and it said, does not work negative feedback. And then, uh, they, they just put in a return request and they said, you know, um, this item doesn't work, you know, item as described and, and that's it. So I was like, what? Okay. Like I never got a chance to make this right. I I've all the ones I've had before sold. I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones I tested. And so, you know, I, I contacted eBay because here's the thing I, we shared this before. If you're a top rated seller and you offer returns and I not only offer returns, I offer free returns on anything buyer's remorse. It doesn't matter which hurts me a little bit because I'll talk about that in a moment too. You know, usually there's seller protections for you, right? So I talked to eBay and eBay said, you know, well, we can't do anything until the return is completed. So be aware of that. Like if you get a negative feedback right away, you usually have to wait until the return is done. So before, you know, the guy, the guy put in a return request. And so I messaged, I, there's a, there's a button on the page of the feedback. And I think you have a limit. I think there's like, you could do only five within a certain period of time. I didn't even know there was that possible, but you can, you know, you know how it is on the eBay page. It's like, you got to do like 10 clicks and eventually you find where you're supposed to be. So I don't know exactly how it's I like found using it. the MS DOS. You have to like type in colon slash yeah. system feedback like you, you return would think negative. It would be right where the feedback is, but it's not there. It's like somewhere else. So anyways, I found it and I put in, you know, I, I wrote an email and I shared this on Instagram. So some of you may know what I'm talking about. I just basically said, Hey, uh, you know, appreciate your business. I'm sorry. It didn't work. You know, uh, maybe something happened over transit. Please understand that you will get a full refund without question for both the item and shipping. I, I run this business as a full-time, uh, you know, full-time living for my family and, you know, reputation is everything to me and I really want to make this right. I, I sincerely ask you to please revise this feedback. And I didn't hear anything for days. And so I was like, okay, maybe I need to call eBay again. And, and if I don't hear from them, you know, you can sometimes say, Hey, I try to reach out to the buyer. I try to make everything right. I offer free returns. I'm a top rated seller. And sometimes eBay will work with you and will remove that negative feedback. And so I was waiting for that. And so the item eventually came back. And the moment I got it back, literally within minutes, I just full refund, sent it out. And then an hour later, the negative feedback was gone. So maybe he was waiting to see like where it was going to go. Like, was I going to refund them? Did I mean what I was going to say? I don't know. But here's the thing. So there's several steps when removing a feedback. The first thing is you got to make sure that everything is up to par. Like your, your listing, your description, your pictures have to be good because if, if if there's one issue on it, usually a buyer will ride that issue. Or usually when you call eBay, eBay will point to that and say, no, we can't because of this or because this wasn't accurate or this. So that's the first step. The second step is reach out to the buyer. 
you know, tell them, hey, I'm willing to give you a full refund. I'm sorry it didn't work. You know, be apologetic. Uh, you know, don't don't pander, but be, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, my customer service is very important to me. I want to make things right. Uh, I, I, you know, will give you a full refund. And if the item is like cheap enough, just refund them right there. Right. Do everything you can uh, to, to just, you know, bring down the level of discontent from the buyer a few notches lower. And then after all that, you know, then you could do the feedback revision. And if that doesn't work, then eventually contact eBay. So that was good. I, I was I was happy because I almost thought like, man, seeing the 99.8 on my feedback mm. just hurt my soul. So, all right. Have you been getting a lot of returns lately? Um, You know, I've gotten a few. Uh, I wouldn't say excessive number of returns more than normal, but uh you know, I, I definitely have had a couple of returns and it's one of those things we don't have free shipping on our returns or, or we don't pay the return shipping. And occasionally we will if it's like a mistake we made on our part. But I've kind of found there's been several times where somebody's like unhappy with something and it's not like our fault. It's just like, oh, the shirt didn't fit or whatever it is. Right. Um, sure. Go ahead and return it uh, because they have to pay the return shipping. A lot of times they don't. They just. They, they don't ever end up opening the return. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's a mistake we made or something happened uh, or an extenuating circumstance, we'll do the return and pay the shipping back. But uh, I almost wonder if it, if not allowing free shipping on returns actually helps us. Oh, could be. Could be. Because people think like, oh, man, like the, the, the only downside to that is people might be more likely to do an INAD because then they get the, the free return mm -hmm. shipping. Uh, so you run that risk, right? Whereas that we've had people want to do a return and then they'll do basically an INAD for something. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This yeah. is just, it didn't fit you, right? This is not an INAD. Uh, you just are trying to get the, the basically the free returns. Cause that's kind of how it is on Amazon, even like for, for certain items, like depending on what you click, you have to pay return shipping or Amazon mm -hmm. will do it free. Yeah, yeah. And so I think people think the same way they do with people on eBay as they do with Amazon. Like, well, I'll just put this so I get free the free shipping on returns, not realizing, wait a minute, that, that actually really hurts my metrics. And I'm a real person with feelings. <laughs> I have, I have a couple feelers left and please don't break them. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Agreed. I, I've just been getting slammed lately. Uh, and, and not slammed like my percentage is still a uh, three to 5%, but it's just been, so, you know, the more you sell, the lower your percentage is, right? So that helps. But you know, I had one that was an international buyer that said they accidentally bought something that was $200 plus like that, that hurts, you know, and, and it hurts more now with managed payments because with, with PayPal. Wait, and you shipped it. So I they, sh they accidentally bought it and paid for shipping. Yeah. Because most of the time when I get somebody say I accidentally bought something, they never end up paying for it. Right. It's like, no, this was like the day after or something or like hours after I, I dropped it off at the post office already. So then what you really what they really said was, uh, I had buyer's remorse, so I accidentally bought this. Yeah, it's possible. Very cool. Accidentally. I mean, How do you accidentally put in your credit card information? Do, I, listen, it, it's always a mystery to me, the accident. It, it really, really is. And, you know, I could have maybe done the, the post office intercept, you know, where you pay whatever. But I was right in the middle of a move. So I, I couldn't get to all my messages. You know, and by the time it was time for that, it was already it was already too late. So so I had that. And then I had somebody else, you know, I, I sold a pair of, of shoes for for 20 bucks and they were like listed for 
think like 50, but it was a slow day. So I just took the offer and more sales came through. Uh, I triggered that algorithm. And so the problem was I, I take good pictures. I mean, I, I take pride in the pictures. Plus I use photo room. And so they're quality pictures. And I'm very clear in my, you know, that there's cosmetic wear throughout. Uh, please take a look at the pictures. And you always know when it's the low ball, low ball that you're going to have problems. People that pay good money for stuff. I would say maybe once have a head an issue once. Uh, maybe that return I just talked about. That's it. But you know, when it's a cheapskate that like, if there's something wrong they're just going to be like, ah, you know, whatever. And sometimes they message you because they're trying to get more money off of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So they open the return in INAD and they're like, oh, more worn than in pictures and faded. I'm like, what? Okay. I almost felt, you know, when you feel like, I almost felt like, Hey man, I gave you a deal for $20. Stop being a cheapskate and, and just keep them. But I didn't do that. And I, you know, I accepted the return. So I had that. Then I had another person order a pair of Harley boots, size eight. And I hope it's not one of our listeners. I don't think our listeners would do this size eight. And the moment after I shipped it, they're like, you know what? Ah, I don't know if those are going to fit. I'm kind of, you know, I'm a size eight, but I'm almost eight and a half. Uh, can I swap them off for this other pair of Harley boots that are eight and a half? And I was like, hey, no problem. Unfortunately, I already shipped out the others. You're just going to have to ship those back to me and I'll refund you minus the cost of shipping. And then you need to purchase the other one and I'll give it to you for the same price. So they bought the, they bought the size eight, they bought the size eight and a half. Today I get a message on the eight and a half saying, you know, I don't, yeah, the eight and a half don't fit either. Uh, I need to return these. And I'm like, what? So you're not a size eight. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, what, what what is the deal? You, you got to know your sizes and some clothes and some brands do run small, right? Like, uh, or big. So you have to know, like you might be different in different sizes or different brands. Uh, but you would hope that people know that like whenever I buy things, um, and I don't buy used clothes very often, uh, anymore, but I will for certain things. Cause it's like, you know, I'm getting a much, much nicer brand than I would normally get at a cheaper price than I could buy it any other way. Mm -hmm. But I know my sizes in those, right? So, uh, for instance, something, well, I'll wait till we get to Bolo's and I'll talk about that. But, uh, but yeah, so you, you got to know your size, right? And so I kind of feel like, remember that Seinfeld episode where buying, buying fruits a gamble? <laughs> you got to remind me. That's like, that's like one of the best episodes where, where, where the, I think it's Jerry buys some fruit and then it doesn't taste good. And Kramer comes in, he goes, it's bad. And he's like, yeah, he goes, well, we got to take it back. We got to return it. Okay, okay, he's okay, like, yeah, you can't yeah, return yeah. it. He's like, it's, it's fruit. It's a gamble. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. He's like, no, we're going to take it back. And so he like, <laughs> takes it back. And it's like this whole thing in the whole episode. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like buying used clothes in that sense, it's a gamble if it's going to fit or not, you know, you're kind of just hoping. And if you don't know your size in that, in that brand and you're getting it for a significant discount, you're taking the gamble in a lot of ways. You know, we're not, we're not target. You can't just walk back into the store and say, this didn't fit you know, it's, it's a pain to ship it back. And that's one of the benefits of not, at least for me, not having, uh, making the buyer pay shipping back helps eliminate a lot of those. Yeah. I, again, you might be right. You might be right. I mean, I would just say, you know, and it, things ebb and flow. So, you know, I just feel bad for this guy because he bought those two pairs of boots. So he paid about $25 in shipping that he just threw away. Right. And so, I mean, it is what it is. Cause I, I, I do charge shipping, uh, I don't fully refund the shipping if it's a size issue. And and that's in my business policy. So so there you have it. 
All right, before we move on to our reselling topics, I want to say thank you to all of you that continue to help us on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Uh, you can see the link below. You can, you know, just say, hey, great episode. Buy us a couple of coffees at $5 a piece. You can do a monthly membership or you could do the yearly membership. Uh, we're hoping to maybe do another Zoom here in a couple of weeks or maybe three uh, and hoping to see more of you. And in order to do that, you know, we, we ask that you sign up for the membership portion of it. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to bring in more to as time passes uh but really really appreciate all of you uh some of you have just flat out just gone to our we used to have this paypal link for donations and uh people have just given us money so we are really grateful allows to continue uh you know we we keep having even mike and i today we're talking about maybe we need more lights for the podcast uh maybe we need uh, a real soundboard maybe i mean it just allows us to do more uh, with the podcast and also frees us up uh, from always needing to do reselling so we can create and and put out more content so thank yeah. you for that uh, also we are on social media we are pure so podcast on instagram facebook and tiktok we are pure so cast on twitter and uh, clubhouse you can also shoot us an email at pure podcast at gmail.com that's pure podcast at gmail.com and you can leave us a call at 619-738-1170 619-738-1170 and i uh, just wanted to say thank you to all of you that continue to write reviews on apple itunes uh, for us it's slowed down a little bit so I, i'm hoping we can get that under 500 club up and and even even if just five of you that are listening right now would just go on there it would help us a great bit help us on the algorithm uh, our listenership has gone up, uh, you know, and hopefully over time, I mean, we did lose a lot of our metrics when we shifted from where we were before uh, to this new platform. And so we haven't gotten as many sponsorships as we were before because some of that data was lost. And so, uh, you know, putting those reviews in puts us up higher in the algorithm, gets us more listeners, which in turn allows us to continue providing uh, free content. Yeah. All right. You know, before we move on, let's talk about our sponsor real quick. One of our sponsors, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. I love American Bubble Boy. I am tired. I go to the store all the time for different things. And life is getting easier. And I don't have to leave my house as much. I can buy things on Amazon. I can buy things on eBay. And one of the things that's a bummer is when you've got to go to the store and get shipping supplies. Why do that when you can go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com We've got a link in our description. If you use that link, it lets them know that, that we sent you over there. You can They sell on Amazon, and so you can see all their reviews, see they're a legit company. They've got great reviews, uh, but you're actually going to get it cheaper if you go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com, buy from them directly, and they're use shipping. Use our link below. Yeah, use, our, use the link below, and their shipping is just as fast as Amazon, right? You're going to get no, it in one faster. to two days. Yeah, so I mean, depending on where you're at, it's going to be one or two days. You're going to get your, your bubble wrap. They've got so many sizes to choose from. And if you try it, you're not going to be disappointed. We buy it all the time now. And so, and it's a great company. So check them out. If you haven't done that yet, there's no point. I mean, we're already getting our boxes on eBay, getting your tape on eBay, get your bubble wrap from American Bubble Boy. And you don't even have to go to the store unless you're sourcing for some sweet items. Yeah. So the end. (laughs) And again, I can't say enough about AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Just a great product. So check them out in the link below. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you. All right, are you ready for some? Uh, it's a little different reseller topics, but it's gonna be good. This just in: summer slowdown has begun. People are experiencing different results with that, but it is definitely heating up in the reselling world around us. Orlando, take it away. 
All right. So I this is an older story. This is from early June, but we haven't done an update episode since then. But you know, we have been we did have a story about how uh did we talk about Etsy buying Depop? Uh not sure. I think we mentioned how Depop, like 90% of their like buyers are Gen Z, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought it was interesting because Etsy, we don't do a lot with Etsy. Like you can sell vintage gear on Etsy. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was interesting. So Etsy, some of you saw on Etsy. Etsy bought Depop, which Depop, if you don't know, Depop is like the hip, the up and coming, uh, you know, platform to sell. Uh, it's all over TikTok. I see I see more Depop sellers now. Again, it all depends on the algorithm, right? Maybe because I see other Depop sellers. I don't know what it is, but I, I do feel like it, it's popular. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because you read a headline like this, right? You see. Etsy is buying Gen Z focused fashion resale app Depop for 1.62 billion. And you're just like, wow, like that, that's, that's pretty incredible. Like, wow. They, they, you know, maybe I need to start selling on there. Maybe, you know, that's a place I need to be, uh, to consistently buy to buy and to maybe even sell. Right. Because there may be a lot there, but again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you see headlines like that and, and there's, there's more to it. So again, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody that sells at Etsy or Depop, but they're great platforms. You get more money sometimes on things on Etsy and on Depop than you do on eBay. But this is what I want to remind people of. So their revenue, uh, their revenue at Depop was 70 million last year. No, 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 not Depop on Etsy. 70 million. Now, I'm going to ask you as a stock man, why is the eBay stock like around 60 and, and Etsy around 150? Why do you think that is? Because, well, it's, it's how many shares it's the value okay, per okay, share, okay. right? Because, uh, I used to actually teach a, a business class to junior hires at what? my old school. This guy, no, you, you, you're the one that assigned me that class hey, to teach. Remember the oh, CEO that's, challenge? Oh, did, oh yes. Yeah. So anyways, I can't believe I forgot about Yes. Mike, Mike is, hold on. He's not the master of none. He's the master of all. That's right. Like, seriously, that was an awesome class. I love that class that you taught. That was pretty good. So one of the units we did was a stock unit. And so the best way I had to use to describe it to the kids, like a pie, right? Like a stock, the stock market or a company is like a pie. And I can cut that pie right down the middle and it's got two slices, right? But each slice is bigger. I could also cut that pie into a thousand slices and then I could charge, right? I could charge five dollars per slice well if the five dollars per slice is for half the pie well that pie is only worth 10 bucks but if it's five dollars per slice and there's a thousand slices Mm -hmm. then that that's all of a sudden a five thousand dollar pie right so just because the value is the same per share doesn't mean the company is is actually the same right so uh it's it's the actual it's the actual total number of the market value of the company that you're looking at. It's the market value of the company divided by the shares is what the value of each share is. So the reason I, the reason I asked that, because, you know, if, if you didn't know that you might think like, well, Etsy is like a big company, uh, Etsy, you know, <clears throat> why, you know, why wouldn't, uh, we go over and sell on Etsy. And again, I think if, if you can find a vintage gear, there's a lot of handcraft stuff that sells way better. Uh, actually a friend of mine, he sells coins and silver and gold stuff. And he creates like he has a, he creates like necklaces with like uh, bullet shells or something. I don't know what he does, but he makes good money on Etsy. So there's a place, but you might look at that. You might look at the shares. You might look at the 1.62 billion acquisition. You might go like, Hey, 
there's a lot of money to be made, right? Maybe I need to start selling on that platform. But here's the thing: they paid 1.62 billion, right? And let's take a look, let's take a look at the numbers. Uh, so I had it on here. I just I just <laughs> I just read it. Okay, so there are uh, here you go. Etsy CEO Josh Silverman said the company was thrilled to be adding what it believes to be the resale home for Gen Z consumers to Etsy. Depop posts approximately 30 million registered users across 150 countries. Okay, so. Etsy brings in uh, 70 million. Depop has uh, 30 million users. But then when you compare that to eBay, like the numbers just aren't there. But here's the thing. So before I say that, before I say that, there's 182 million users on eBay. Okay, but you just helped make my point. So Etsy's Etsy's, um, market capital is 22 billion and eBay's is 44 billion. So eBay's got twice the market value, twice the market capital of, of that's Etsy. a lot. It's a lot. But if you look how many users, right? If you just said there's 182 million users on eBay. Mm-hmm. So it's actually per number of users, Etsy is making more. Correct. Correct. But you still have more eyes. Like you still like as a, as a seller, there's way more buyers out there for my products. Yeah, but again, so you're, you, the hard part with that is I, I don't know if you're comparing apples to oranges here because let it, let's know in the comments. You know what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So what you're saying though is there's 182 million users, but because of the type of store you have, you're only reaching a small fraction of that, right? You're only reaching the people who are looking for the types of things a lot of people buying on eBay. You know, might be buying things that are totally unrelated to what you're selling. It is true. The more the more eyes on the total platform, the more likely that you're going to find people are going to buy your stuff. But if you're selling on a platform like Etsy, let's say you own a 3D printer or you own a a, a vinyl printer or something where you're making signs, you're, you're printing out sculptures, whatever it is that you're selling on Etsy, chances are more the h- higher percentage of the people on Etsy are going to be looking for your item than the number of people on eBay looking for a used VCR or looking for a certain toy, right? So you can't really compare apples to oranges here because it's it's a it's a it's a more narrow niche. So even though there's fewer users, those users are more focused on what you're selling. Yeah, no, I I think there's there's truth to what you're saying and the fact that, like I mentioned, I have a good friend of mine where his stuff would not sell on eBay, right? Because it's handcrafted, it's, it's those kind of items. But I, I think I think sometimes you know it's kind of like we have a, some of our listeners that came over that were Poshmark sellers and now they're selling on eBay. And, you know, they message us or they comment and they say, hey, you know what? I, I'm making a lot more money on eBay than I ever was on Poshmark. Right. And, and the reason being is there's so much more. And so I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade. I just want people to understand, like, you see something like that and you might go like, hey, maybe I need to devote more time. It, I would say if you can, maybe it doesn't hurt to cross. I mean, there's there's items that we you know, show sharing in some of our ads about, you know, you can cross post a deep pop and so on. And if you can, and it doesn't cost you a lot, then, then it's, it's worth it. But again, uh, understand that with, with eBay, there's, and again, we don't work for eBay. We're not sponsored by eBay. We always, you know, there's, we always take a jab at eBay every once in a while on every episode too, is that with eBay, you have a huge buyer base. You also have global shipping, which is a huge game changer. These, these other platforms don't have the ability to reach the wider world as, as eBay does. Even, even Amazon doesn't have the reach 
of of eBay. Now it's getting there. Crazy as far as internationally. Yeah, but total number of users on Amazon versus eBay. No, uh, no. What I'm saying is internationally though. So it's it's got a higher I, geographical. I, correct. Yeah. To other parts of the world. I mean, Amazon now you could like you could sell in the UK. They opened up Australia. You can sell in Mexico. You can sell in Canada. Like it, it's opening up. But eBay, like, I mean, I've sold stuff to like New Zealand. I've sold stuff to, you know, Japan. I've sold stuff to, you know, throughout the entire world where some of these other platforms don't. All All I'm saying that is don't get caught up in the news and just say, hey, you know what? You know, maybe it's time for me to shift over from eBay to this platform. I still think, you know, the top two and I don't know how long they're going to be at the top, but it's eBay and Amazon, period. Like, And again, that depends on your niche, though. I agree, but I would say for most people that listen to our show, I think their niche is usually going to be fall on eBay, right? I mean, we have some Etsy sellers. I yeah, mean, we have well, some deep. We have a lot of deep. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, there's going to be some people who the types of items they're picking up are going to do way better on Depop because the population they're reaching. I don't know of very many Gen Zers who are buying a lot of stuff on eBay, but they're going to sites like Depop and they're buying on those platforms. You know, so if that's your target market, that's where you need to be. No, I agree. I agree. I just, it's good to cross list. It's just good to cross list. I, I would, I wouldn't be a sold Depop seller. I wouldn't, I, I couldn't, unless I sold like high end and vintage stuff all the time, which I could be, which I had a connection to source. I, I, I couldn't make it on Depop. I couldn't make it on Etsy. Like the reason I'm able to be full time uh, is because I sell on eBay and Amazon. Like without those platforms, I think I would still, uh, be doing a side hustle. So, all right. Hey, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to celebrate something. So, uh, Matt Klein, we've had him on our, it's been a long time. Has it been over a year since we interviewed him? Probably. Wow. I think it was the beginning of COVID that we interviewed him or something. We've said the C word too many times on this episode. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that anymore. We'll be shadow banned here. Uh, and so, uh, Matt, uh, if you follow him on Instagram, he ended up on a spotlight for StockX. So StockX uh, reached out to him and uh, he got to talk about his charity. And the reason I want to share this is because I feel like there's so much negative press about resellers like scalper, like scalper is a term right now. Right. And it doesn't help. I mean, <laughs> we have some friends of ours. I've seen them do some YouTube and TikToks and they're like, this is how I robbed this store legally. And I'm just like, hey, I get it. It's funny to play on words, but some people actually think that that's what we do when we go into stores. And we resell, you know, but, uh, Hey, shout out to Matt for, uh, being sponsored. He got to share his, uh, his, uh, profit his nonprofit, sorry, his nonprofit, uh, just a pair of shoes. Uh, pretty awesome. They interviewed him. He got to share about it. If you haven't checked it out, check out his website, just a pair of shoes, uh, .com. Uh, he actually, this last time he did a 48 mile run, uh, in that 48 mile run, he raised up to $10,000 and, uh, yeah, he they, they just, you know, in this last go around, he gave away about 351 pairs of Nike shoes uh, to students and in, in that, you know, obviously struggling economically. And uh, he's been able to provide shoes and socks for uh, those students. So, the, again, I think there's more good to reselling outside of the fact that we provide a service to people or provide goods that people are looking for. Like, this is one of the things I love about reselling is that you can still be altruistic, right? We know the deals, we know where to find stuff. And so Matt, you know, he has a, he has a pretty decent amount of inventory and he also has a lot of connections in the shoe world. And so 
Uh, Matt doesn't even know I'm talking about this on the podcast. So, man, if you're listening, I appreciate you, man. Uh, and uh, just want to bring this out because, you know, I feel like there's so many news stories that are like, and I'll share one in here in a moment, um, you know, that say, oh, there's scalpers or these people are taking advantage. And again, for the most part, we're all just trying to provide for our families. And, and if we can, reselling has allowed us to help other people. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've been able to help along the way, whether showing them how to resell uh, or just, you know, I have inventory and somebody needed something. And again, I'm not going to share that. I'm not here to brag about that and go, hey, you know what? I got this. You know, no worry. Don't worry about it. I didn't pay that much for this. Uh, it's all good. So just want to share that real quick. All right. I thought this, I, it's always interesting when things hit mainstream. So Wall Street Journal just came out with an article. Uh, oh, I got a paywall on me again a few days ago. Uh, this one dropped on the 9th of June. Uh, and it was about this uh, teenager in New Jersey. And you got to love the headline. 16-year-old, 1.7 million in revenue. Uh, Max hits it big as a pandemic reseller. And so, <laughs> so you look at 1.7 million, you're like, wow, like that's a lot of money. At 17, that's a lot of money, right? But then, you know, and shout out to, to Max. I mean, he probably don't listen to the podcast. I mean, good for you. Uh, but, it, but it was interesting because it's 1.7 million, but you read into the article and he said, by doing the same with the selection of goods made scarce in the pandemic. So he was selling patio heaters. He was selling Pokemon cards, PS5, Xbox ones. He was doing retail arbitrage, basically. That's what he was doing. And, uh, and then it says Max ended last year with a profit of more than $110,000 on 1.7 million in revenue. Okay. So that's pretty good, but I, I want people to understand like with retail arbitrage, like that's what it ends up being sometimes. Like it's a rarity where you can spend, you know, like on thrifting where you spend $20 and you'll make a hundred dollars an item. Now this last Q4, I did find Adam that I paid 50 and I was able to sell you know, $300 a piece and make a killing of money. But this is, this is retail arbitrage, right? Now, 17 years old and having $110,000 net profit, not bad. Yeah. More than not bad. <laughs> not bad. And, and also going to school and also, you know, uh, he's in AP classes and he's doing all these things. Uh, but, but again, you know, it, it's, it's some, it's one of those things where I read these kind of stories and I'm like, anybody can resell, right? If, if you have the fortitude, you have the diligence, you have the, the ability to be consistent about stuff, like you can make it happen. Right. And, and, and this kid, you know, he, he was selling above ground pools. He was selling clippers. I mean, I've shared about all the clippers I sold. I mean, he was making it happen. And, uh, you can, you can make it happen. Like to, I read these kind of stories and I'm like inspired because I think about my own son and I'm going to share this with my son because my son has his eBay sales and he's kind of like, Hey, he's focused on school. So he's not like right now in summer, he's taking algebra two and he's learning how to drive. And he has two English books he has to read and he has AP world work and he has a lot of school going on. But you know, again, if you're thinking like, Hey, can I make money? Can can I, can I make, you know, a little bit just to help out with the rent? Like it's definitely doable. I mean, again, this guy, obviously, you know, he probably had a lot more to the story than was shared in the wall street journal. Right. I mean, you have to have the capital, right. But you can get there, right. You can start. So 
anyways, shout out to this guy. Yeah. Anything you wanted to share there? No, I think that's great. I mean, that's what reselling is. All we're doing is we're finding holes in the market and we're filling it. And so you have to, you have to be open-minded and, and thoughtful enough to look around you. And of course, I feel like it's almost, uh, it's almost a little stab at him the way it was described as a pandemic reseller, right? Finding scarce items. Like the way it's described is, is a, in a lot of ways, it almost seems like there's some negative undercounts. Yes, that's there. what I mean. Uh, but, but what you're doing is you're finding holes in the market and you're, you're helping to fix it. And um, there's always going to be items that have higher demand than there is inventory and resellers help fill that gap. And so what you've got to do as a reseller, no matter what's going on around you is you got to find where those gaps are. Even if, even if uh, uh, the, the, the economy 100% collapsed today, right? There's going to be people who've got chickens and cows and they've got, you know, potatoes grown in their yard and yeah. people are going to be hungry and the prices of the things go up because if there's no stores. And so all you've got to do is you got to figure out what is it people need right now? How can I get those items to them? And how can I get those items cheaper than I'm getting them to other people? And if you can do that, you can make money. And so there's always going to be the basics, the things that you can go to a thrift store and a garage sale. And then when black swan events happen or just there's, you know, changes in culture, you've got to identify those changes, figure out what is it that people are interested in now that they weren't, what do they need now that they didn't need before? And you jump on those and you just, sometimes you take a couple of days thinking because yeah, clippers, right? Hair clippers. A lot of people didn't think about that right away. But then when it's like, man, I can't go to the barber shop. That should be the first thing you think is, if I can't go to the barbershop and other people can't go to the barbershop, mm-hmm. people are going to have to cut their own hairs. Well, right. Like you just have to be thinking about those things. So there's always going to be stuff like that that happens. You've just got to have the, uh, the mindset. And it's really what it comes down to of how can I help? How can I help solve a problem? Cause that's how you make money. There's unless you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Right. Um, even then those, the people who are giving that money to you at one point in time, those people, made their money by providing goods or services, right? They found something people needed and they provided those things. And so if you can do that and you realize that's all it is, your entire life making money is somebody needs something, you provide it for them. And if you can do that better than other people do it, you're going to make a lot of money. Agreed. So that's all, that's all I got for reseller topics. Right. So, hey, before we move on, uh, skullshaver.com. Right, keeping our, our, our domes good to go. And you know, some of you have bought the items. Let us know if you if you've purchased from Skullshaver.com, uh, let us know in the comments, <laughs> good or bad. I think it's gonna be mainly good. I will tell you, it has been consistent. I, I it's probably time for me to change the blades. It's been a little bit, right? But it's it's been great. And uh again, if if you don't know what we're talking about, it's basically we need to bring out the devices again. It's been a minute, but it's a handheld uh head shaver. Uh you could also shave your face a little bit if you want. Uh but skullshaver.com, use our promo code pure, and you'll be having a clean dome and uh you're just you're gonna be ready to take the world by shaving your head with one of those. Yeah. So skullshaver.com, promo code pure. All right. What are you looking forward to, Mike? Oh no, wait, wait, no. What's your bolo? Yeah. I almost passed the bolos. How could you pass the bolos, man? That's the uh that's the that's the sweet stuff. We're giving out the good goods here. All right, so my bolo kind of goes back to what I was talking about with sizes. Um, I love piranha pants. 
it's a it's a, a brand. They do like hiking clothes, that kind of stuff. I think they're based out of Utah. And I found them. I don't even remember how I found the first pair of them, uh, but I bought them somewhere and they were like the most comfortable pair of pants I've ever owned. Now, Costco and other stores like that will occasionally have similar brands that have like similar textures, but nothing has quite matched that. So they're very expensive to buy new. I think the first couple of pairs I bought new off of Amazon and, you know, they're like 60 to $80 for a good pair of pants, which mm-hmm. isn't bad. I mean, when I, I remember when I was young in high school and working and, and a bachelor, I never paid more than like 10 to $15 for a pair of pants. I'd always go to Walmart and just get the cheap pants. Uh, and then I learned the value of a nice pair of pants. Now, <laughs> I know, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, knowing what people need and want and then providing that service. I pretty much exclusively when I buy Piranha pants now, I get them on either um, Poshmark or eBay and I wait until I see good prices because I kind of know what they resell for <laughs> typically like $35, $40 for the pairs that I like sometimes up to 50 bucks. Uh, but they sell consistently at that. And so occasionally I'll find them at like 20 bucks and so I'll buy them for myself. Uh, but they're such a good brand that I have a hard time. A lot of items I can do eBay arbitrage on. I can find when they, you know, people post them too low and buy them and, and flip them. This is one that doesn't happen very often because they sell so quickly. Mm. So if you can get your hands on them, I don't find them very often. I've only found maybe two or three times uh, pants. They also like have like shirts and jackets. I've bought in a few shirts and just the brand sells really well. Now, if you're in the Utah area, maybe you can find them a little bit easier than we can here. But I, there's definitely a market for them. I've introduced them to a lot of my friends and they're like, these are the best pair of pants ever. And I'm like, I know, they're great. And they're like, well, where do you buy them? I'm like, well, they're kind of expensive. So try and get them on eBay. So there is a demand for them. So if you can get your hands on them, if you see them at a thrift store, pick them up. They're great. And they sell really, really fast. Anytime I've sold shirts, I've sold pants. Uh, anytime I do find them, they sell within a, within a month at the latest. Interesting you bring that and up. And I list high. Because what's that? I said, and I list high. And you list high. So the uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is uh, because you also had mentioned like back in the day, remember Allbirds, mm-hmm. right? And it was a bottle. Yeah, and, Allbirds. And I forgot, I forgot to share this uh, as a reseller topics, but it was, it's a bolo still, but it's a careful bolo. Mm-hmm. So that's not my bolo. But what ended up happening is like people selling Allbirds were getting Vero. Mm-hmm. So if you know what Vero listed means, it's, verification something blah 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 ebay basically you can't list that item in your listing will get pulled and so uh one of the guys that we follow on instagram chichin king who's also a former school administrator he also has a youtube channel he actually messaged them and he said hey um you know just want to let you know like people are getting viral take takedowns uh you know isn't this isn't your brand about sustainability isn't you know reusing items and so on Ooh, nice that's a that's a good angle to, to go on well i think college picker did the same too i think a lot of people because people are like alberts like what why are people coming after alberts so their response was uh thanks for your feedback and thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts with us we are working with our third-party service provider to see if we can more efficiently reinstate postings that were accidentally taken down but we are still waiting on more guidance we encourage folks to respond directly to the Vero take down email they received vero will uh something something uh vero will then communicate with our service provider who will rein who will approve the reinstatement we'll continue to update folks when you get more information on this issue oh well that's that's a positive news it is it, it's nice because you know you hit up some of those other companies you know that we won't bring them up but 
uh, one of our good friends was actually, you know, in trouble with the law with them uh, for selling their items. And, you know, he, he here's the thing. Uh, you just get you just got to be careful. You never know when this Vero listing is going to happen. Uh, but uh, if you're selling all birds, just be aware. Like you can still fix that. So it's also a bolo. But anyways, just be aware. OK, so it's funny that that was your bolo because my bolo is just hiking equipment. Right. I shared on Hustle of the Week those McGregor backpacks. Mm. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's listeners buying or if it's just the algorithm got triggered. Those things were listed for over two years and I sold three in a week for over a hundred a piece and I only paid 25 cents for each of those. Mm. Like, how, why? What? I don't even understand. But I am selling all kinds of hiking backpacks. I've sold other stuff. I'm selling Merle hiking boots, Vast hiking boots, La Sportiva. I mean, those are three brands you should be looking out for for hiking gear, especially La Sportiva. Some of the shoes can be pretty pricey. Uh, I've you know I've been selling uh, Danner doesn't necessarily fall into that category, but they're good boots. But man, people are wanting to get out, right? We we had we had shared our last update episode of eBay's uh, reopening uh, announcement about, Hey, here are some of the items that people are buying. And I strongly encourage you, like if you have hiking stuff, if that's just sitting around the house, that's yours. <laughs> maybe it's time to list it. And maybe from that profit, you buy something else. Right. Or, you know, if, if you're sourcing a, and you haven't been comfortable with uh hiking gear, just, just take a moment at the thrift store, look up shoes, look up some backpacks, uh, look up, maybe, you know, there's some hiking clothing out there that you can make good money on. Uh, like had Mike, Mike had shared earlier, uh, but yeah, I think hiking stuff is, is pretty hot right now. It's selling pretty well. So that is our bolo there. Love it. All right. So what are you looking forward to? Um, going back to what I said at the beginning, <laughs> getting this shed, man, I, I just, I'm ready to have it done. I'm ready to have all my inventory moved in there. And I'm, I'm a little, I'm not sure how much space I'm going to have, but I'm kind of hoping to have at least a, uh, like a nice little packing table area in there. And uh, depending on how it all works out, because it's going to be really hot summertime right now. Mm. But uh, I work out really early in the morning. It's summertime. So over the summer, I'm thinking about if I can get a little camera system set up in there, some lights. Uh, there's no power by where my shed's going to be. So I'm going to have to run some solar to it. Uh, but if I can get the lighting in there right, I might start doing uh, occasional or like Saturday drop videos. I might do a summer shed talk, a little bit of shed talk. <laughs> and uh, Set of TED Talks, shed talk. Shed talk. And, uh, and, and just do, you know, just random nonsense about what's going on in the reselling world. And we could just talk shed and it'll be good. So, uh, let me know in the comments below if you've got any, uh, shed talk, uh, um, suggestions of what, what I should cover, but, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm ready to have it done. I'm not looking forward to leveling the ground. I am looking forward to watching other people build the shed and me not having to do it. That was a good choice. I, I hear you. So, yeah, I, on the other hand, uh, same, you know, this is, I'm hoping that this is the last update of the episode I talk about moving. Yeah. If I have to hear about the move one more time on Pure Hustle Pot, I'm just kidding. No, I'm serious. Like it's, it, it's even getting annoying to me. Like I'm just, I'm kind of done with this. I'm ready to move on, but uh, I'm hoping to organize everything. That's my goal. I had some, some family stuff come up, so I wasn't able to take care of everything this past weekend like I had hoped. So I'm hoping over the next two weeks and get everything resolved. And uh, I'm looking forward to sourcing again. Again, I don't have to source probably for another week, maybe. And so I'm looking forward to getting out there again. Definitely, you know, I'm hoping to drop another uh, video on this coming Saturday about sourcing. Is it this Saturday already? Yeah, it's a Saturday. 
you know, of sourcing, whether I go to a thrift or whether I go to garage sales or maybe a local deal, who knows? So stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed and hit that bell notification on YouTube, please do so. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that earlier either. So anyways, uh, check us out on YouTube. If you're watching this, thank you. Hit that like button too. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to just being done with the move and just getting back to normal life, getting back to, you know, just sourcing and listing, uh, getting back to being more on social media. I've been kind of a little bit of absent on the stories just because, you know, I literally, this is all I've been doing. Oh, by the way, did I mention the other episode I got in a car accident too? You did. I yep. did. So I'm still, I'm still dealing with that and that takes time. And so, yeah, just a lot going on. So good time. That's where we're at. So hopefully you found this episode encouraging and uh, let us know how you're doing in the comments. Looking forward to all of you. And if you again, if you haven't yet, make sure to hit that subscribe and that bell button. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.